One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Good Monday morning to you as we welcome you along to the programme and a Monday morning that I wasn't expecting when we finished up the programme on Friday that we would be here this morning trying to do our very best to pay tribute to uh, one of our much loved and much respected uh, colleagues, uh, colleague uh, Paddy Palmer, who sadly, sadly uh, lost his battle for life uh, at the weekend. Uh, can I just say thank you to people who have, from when the news broke yesterday, I was just blown away by the amount of kind messages that was uh, sent to me personally and uh, indeed to so many of us here at uh, C103. I mean, Paddy just seems to have touched so many people's lives. And and as, as one person said to me, everybody everybody felt they knew Paddy, whether they'd met him or not. You know, and we as colleagues were blessed that we worked uh, with the man and that we got to know him and that he became uh, our friend. And let's start by those who are most grieving uh, today and that's uh, Paddy's beloved wife uh, Colette uh, his daughters Claire and Emily his little grandson uh, Lucas and of course his brothers Dennis John Richie and all of the uh, extended family and uh, you know he's both his family and his very close friends are absolutely devastated as we all are with the news of his passing and I was I was trying to think and trying to put some thoughts down as to you know what, what will we miss uh, about Paddy you know, we'll miss his charm, we'll miss his wit, his knowledge. For me, his ability to make you feel like you were pitch side when he was commentating on a game. But more than anything, Paddy was one of life's good guys. I mean, I don't think I ever remember anyone saying a bad word uh, about Paddy. He could make a dull match sound uh, interesting. He was always respectful of the players and, and he got away with a turn of phrase because of his roguish manner um, and always of course by his side in the commentary box was our head of GAA Sports here at C103 and that is Michael Scanlon who is the first uh, to join me this morning to pay tribute to uh, Paddy. Good morning to you Michael. 
Good morning, Patricia, and good uh, morning to your listeners. And listen, I, I know this is really hard for you personally as well, because, you know, you haven't only lost a colleague, you've also lost a friend. And it's to you we can be thankful for, because it was you first discovered Paddy's talent. Yeah, Patricia, it went back, I suppose, to the time that C103, our county sound, as it was known then in, in 1990, was... Um, was brought on to the airwaves of, of, of Cork, uh, obviously in North Cork initially and then in West Cork that you would have been part of yourself. And uh, in early 1991, I happened to be in St. Brogan's College in in, uh, in Bandon where Paddy was a much-beloved uh, teacher for almost 40 years, interviewing uh, Peter Quinn, the then president of the GEA. And I got talking to Paddy. I hadn't actually known the man before that. And... Uh, we started talking about uh, local radio and about uh, what local radio should be doing in terms of sport and I suppose the subject of, of match commentaries came up and we were, I suppose, like-minded in the sense that we felt that, um, look, we should try and start bringing matches live to uh, to, to listeners and I remember the very first uh, weekend happened to be uh, the 19th of May, 1991, uh, I decided, uh, along with Paddy, that uh, we would cover, believe it or not, Patricia, a hurling match. Now, Paddy wouldn't uh, be the first person you would call on to uh, become an expert on hurling because he came from South Kerry, uh, football country, but uh, Valley Rovers and Carberry were playing in the in the county senior hurling championship of 1991 out in Ballinus I didn't actually tell the management of the station that we were going to broadcast the match because I, I said I'd wait until Monday and get the grief then rather than being told on Thursday or Friday you can't do that. Con McCarthy, God be good to him, was the presenter of the, of the Sunday sports program at the time. I told Con around half two that, Con, you're going to be ringing us on this particular number at about five to three and we're doing a match live now. Con nearly fell off the chair, but anyway, the rest is history. And thirty odd years later, uh, we have fantastic memories of a wonderful man. And his commentary, um, Michael, always sounded effortless. But but you'd know the work the party would have put in before going to a match. Oh yeah, like party was. I suppose I've been thinking about this over the last twenty four hours. He was a storyteller, and he loved to get the story of. Not alone what was happening on the pitch, but maybe the story of people's lives, what jobs they had, what town lands they came from, like the number of town lands that that became household names, like the Boreen in Inishannon, or the Boreen in, in Ovens, should I say, is a... Is, is a is, is a, a, a well-known road. Uh, some people would say it's the richest road in, in, in ovens, but that became the stuff of, of, of folklore when he used, he used to mention that quite regularly. He'd mentioned townlands from all sorts of obscure parts of the county. And he sort of tapped into people's, I suppose, imagination and they felt that they were at the match and even some of them were the most hopeless matches and, 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 and we've, we've certainly had a number of them over the last 30 years. You felt that you'd love to have been there yourself even though the match was probably half useless but he made it so entertaining and uh, the people were so enthralled at what, what they were hearing that they felt they were there themselves. Did you, was there times when you almost had to try to control him, particularly if he got very excited? Well, there was, Patricia, <laughs> there was times when I 
sat beside him and said, Paulie, you didn't say that, did you? <laughs> and wondering who the hell was going to be on our case on Monday morning, complaining and say, and Paulie would just laugh at you. And sure, we never got, we never had a complaint, but like some of the things he came up with were just unreal. And like, we're not going to see his likes again. Yeah, the one where it was somebody made a mistake on the on the pitch and Paddy seemingly said she weren't half as half as I know. Yeah, that's <laughs> why I actually, I actually sat I sat there and I listened to that and I yeah, that is one hundred percent true. <laughs> that he, uh, only from uh, what was it, only from mistakes uh, half was wouldn't be uh, <laughs> wouldn't be here. Wouldn't be here. <laughs> I suppose the other thing uh, that I have to have to mention was was the tea and the sandwiches and the buns. Now Paddy became. Uh, he loved tea, he loved sandwiches and he loved buns and clubs started tapping into that and when Paddy arrived on town there were ladies falling over themselves to make sure that Paddy got tea sometimes before the match. You know, he said we'll, we'll, we'll better do a bit of work first, we'll have the tea at half time. Maybe because he came from sort of South Kerry where maybe when he was growing up as a young fella they were out in the fields uh, Maybe saving hay, and the, the maybe the, the 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 women in the house were bringing the tea out to the men. Maybe that's the where he got the love of the tea and and the sandwiches. But I remember, like being embarrassed myself when I'd see. I remember in Dunmanway one day, and and the ladies down there used to be so good at bringing the tea, uh, bringing the tea to party. That you'd see them coming as halftime approached with with uh, china cups and, <laughs> and sandwiches and I'd be up in the commentary box cringing in embarrassment and saying what are the people down around us going to be thinking when they see us having tea and they're looking up at us and they're getting nothing Paddy would just laugh at me and say Michael forget it Yeah and wolf down those sandwiches and have another bun you'll be, you'll be fine Absolutely yeah. What made him so special do you believe? I believe Patricia the fact that he was a storyteller he loved people uh, he loved uh, telling stories in ordinary man's language. He had these kind of phrases, like in the county championship over a number of years, teams used to be relegated, and Paddy came up with this thing called Slan Lat Tournament. Uh, and that's known, if you mention to anyone now, what's the Slan Lat Tournament, they'll know straight away that it's where some uh, team is going to get relegated out of a particular championship. He just had this literally God-given gift for explaining to the ordinary men in the street what was happening in simple language that they understood, and he was just a wonderful storyteller. Will we ever see his likes again when it comes to Coventry? Absolutely not. I can safely say that now, and that's with all due respects to all the commentators that I know around the uh, around the country. There was only one party, Palmer. When they made him, they threw away the mould, and we will not see his likes again. Michael, I appreciate you taking time out to talk to us today. Thank you for that. Good morning. Uh, good morning to you. That is uh, Michael Scandon, our uh, head of sports, um, GA Sports here at uh, C103. And the reason that we got Paddy behind your microphone uh, in, the, in the first place. And of course, as Michael mentioned, Paddy was also a much loved teacher. And I spotted on uh, Twitter yesterday, Niall uh, Murphy, who is the principal of MICC in uh, Dunmanway. And he was uh, a former uh, pupil of Paddy's at uh, St. Brogan's in uh, Bandon. And uh, Niall,
Niall wrote, he was our mentor, our coach, our manager, our teacher, our friend. He treated us all the same. We would have done anything for him. Now we continue with our tribute to uh, Paddy Palmer. Um, uh, Jim Nolan uh, joins me. Jim was uh, not only a sports colleague, but he was also a friend and a neighbour of uh, Paddy Palmer. And uh, Jim joins me. Good morning to you, Jim. Good morning, Patricia. On what is a very, very uh, sad day. Um, how? When did you first get to know Paddy? I think I got to know Paddy. I, I think I came to Inishan about 1982. And I remember going down to the pitch one day and seeing Paddy below training teams and this kind of stuff. And I just got to talking to him. And, you know, we kind of hit it off straight away. And from there on, we became, I, I was lucky enough to become one of his good friends, you know, and that has gone on for the last 40 years. And we've gone through thick and thin together, you know. Yeah, and um, locally, I, I, I take it the news, people are just totally devastated locally with the, with this such sad news. Oh, absolutely. Like Paddy, you, you talk about Paddy as the commentator, where, and uh, what you wouldn't, I was just yourself and Michael, and, and what you said was so true about him. That a lot of people that never actually knew Paddy all believed they knew him from his commentaries and this. But in a place like Inishannon, like Valley Rovers, the community here in Inishannon, they're all devastated. Paddy did so much for that. And, you know, he lived for that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think when it was announced here that he was after passing away, you know, the, the people were shocked, totally shocked. And there was a huge outpouring of love and respect for Paddy on social media yesterday and indeed I'm reading it again this morning uh, and generally right across the sports media world. But I, I take it that will come as no surprise to you. Well, well, Paddy was, was, was obviously he, he was kind of the same on the commentary box as he was in reality. You know, Paddy wanting doing commentaries or something like that you know players had good days and players had bad days but I never heard party running down players or running down managers he'd always get a way around it if a player was playing badly which every player does someday he'd never insult that player or run that player down he had that way about him it was very similar to the way he was in life as someone said earlier like he had, ne- he had nothing bad to say about anyone he was a rogue and he was a, fun, a funny rogue, you know. Yeah, and of course you were, you would have been involved as, as a co-commentator. Was there always the sense of you never knew what Paddy was going to say? Well, there was to a degree, but like Paddy was, he was a brilliant commentator because he would come up with these phrases that were incredible, humorous phrases. But the amount of work that Paddy put into these, these matches was incredible. He, he'd do a lot of review. I think he prided on the people at home listening to the game and, and bringing that excitement to them. And it was like as if these people were actually there. Like, he'd have so much homework done. I think Michael kind of tipped, touched on this. Like, he'd know the players. He'd know what they did. He'd know their neighbours. He'd be after talking to maybe a secretary in a small club who may not be that well-known, but party would bring his name, you know, out there. And, and it was great for everyone. So everyone just felt as if they were at the match. You know, he, he just had that magic way of doing it. And, and of course, we know he, as, as somebody said on, on Twitter, he was the most loved uh, Kerry man in, in Cork. When, when it came to, and he would have done a lot of commentary on Cork Kerry matches. Yeah. Was that difficult for him? I don't think so. Like, uh, Paddy could do that. I think Paddy was always going to be a Kerry man. He was always a Kerry man. But Paddy did not like for Cork football. I mean, Paddy knew more about, he was a great coach, and, and Paddy knew from his schools and his club, and from the inter-county. He knew every, the workings of all these, and he did an awful lot to help Cork football. You know, he, he gave, gave good advice to people, you know, throughout the, throughout the county at all different levels. And, like, he, he loved Cork football. Even though he's a Kerryman, I don't think he ever changed a Kerryman, but he definitely loved Cork football as well. 
And is there a particular commentary or a particular match that stands out for you? Well, people asked me that, though, and I, you know, there were so many that I actually couldn't think loud. You know, I, I, I tried to do it. I, I just enjoyed every one of them, to be honest, you know. Did you? And, and Jim, how will you best remember Pawdy? Um, at the moment, I, I, I can't see what it's going to be like without him. Like, but, uh, like he was just, he, he, was, he was a great friend with two, two loads, an awful lot of people. Like, and when you met Pawdy, he just put your for so relaxing you go for coffee in the morning or you go for you know you go whatever you want to do but whatever we did it was just so relaxing when you met him it was so natural and like party helped so many people like you know people would know about it like but if a, per- a young person if they wanted trying to get a job or if there was somebody in any kind of need and he it wasn't just GE like he helped you know charities everything party anyone asked party for help party gave them help and we're just going to miss him so much yeah and his his likes we'll never see again Absolutely not, you know. Like, and it, 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 like I say, he's going to be an amazing loss for, for you know, for the communities and the G and the commentaries. But it's to his, his lovely family, you know, his his, his wife Colette, um, Claire and Emily, and his grandson Lucas, and all the and all the, the family, all the rest of the family, you know, their loss is incredible, you know. Absolutely, absolutely, Jim. Thank you for that, and thanks for taking time out to talk to us this morning. Thank you very much, Patricia. Good morning. You put us now. The red of Castle Martin on the attack with Mike Kelly. They're may, one of their main men. He flicks it in around the goal mode area. We watch here. Can John O'Keefe, the uh, man from Dripsy, get it over? He gets it on a part of the way. And Castle Martin can win this man back. Lovely skill initially by Owen Martin. Martin tried to get in there. My God, this in his team at this moment in time are well up for this one. And the man that has it clears it down the field. And that's none other than Colm Casey at 33 years of age from Berings. But it's intercepted and it's won back by Barry Law. The talent that was uh, Paul D. Uh, Palmer, another of our C103 colleagues who travelled the highways and the byways uh, with uh, Paul D. Palmer was uh, C103's Finber McCarthy, um, who joins me. Uh, good morning to you, Finber. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? Uh, I'm well, I'm well. It's really hard to believe that he's gone, isn't it? Yeah, it's, 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 so, it's surreal, is the best way I can describe it, because we all knew the circumstances of his accident and we were all hoping and praying that he would survive and come through this but to to wake up yesterday morning as you know I'm away on holidays to wake up yesterday morning and look at my phone see a few missed calls from the likes of Jim Nolan uh, a great friend of parties Barry O'Mahony and, and then you read the messages and you say oh god no. myself and Mary were absolutely devastated forever and particularly for his family as Jim said his wife his daughters and his grandson Whatever, whatever we think of party, his last to his family is incomprehensible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was, you know, the fact that he had battled cancer, uh, and and, yeah. and you know he and he'd, he, I don't think he'd ever been looking uh, so well that I I was convinced that he was going he was go, he was going to pull through. And I think that's where all of us. It was just such a shock yesterday morning. Oh, it was awful, really. And you said there, Patricia, to, to beat cancer and to be looking so well. I saw a picture of him there a few years ago, not long after his illness. He was at some function, and I don't think I've ever seen him looking so well. And I remember during COVID, obviously, he wasn't working because I did the, in case something would happen. And I rang him one day coming from a match in Torless. I, I dialed his number outside Semple Stadium, and I finished the call outside my own front door. That's the kind of character he was. That's a fact, no. Yeah, outside I my, own, my own front door. We talked about everything. He was explaining his illness and how he was battling it. About oh, listen, uh, you know, 
30 years, like Jim knows him 40 years, I know him 30 years. I travelled the highways and byways with him and I never, ever had a dull moment. Never had an argument with him. You couldn't argue with him anyway because he was such a, he was a lovable rogue. Like, and Mary always says here, he'd ring up Mary and he'd say, Mara, could you give me the camogie fixtures there for the week? And then he'd write them down and all of a sudden they'd be all over the place. Listen, he, it, 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 it's, it's so, so sad. Yeah. So sad. And, and Fimber, what do you believe that he had that made him such a brilliant commentator? Knowledge, I'd say, Tricia. He, he, as Jim said, and I heard Michael on yesterday, like, I, you played a piece there, he mentioned Colum Casey. I never knew Colum Casey from Bearings. Colum Casey was in Iscara, but he, that's the kind of detail he'd go into, find out his homeland. You know, and we, we all know the, the, the geography of this county. He'd find out about his parents, his in-laws, and his relatives. He knew everything about them. And he just got it into the commentary. And I, I looked at um, social media, and, you know, I looked at all the, the tributes on RIP to him last night, and that's the one thing people said, his knowledge of the... the the individuals and the matches he was covering, the smallest, the, the most minute detail, he'd have it. And he invented his own type of words. He called the referee a lachico one day, and then he had to explain what a lachico meant. And there was one famous story, one funny story. There was a poor lad by the name of Paul O'Neill. Sadly, he passed away during the year. He was running the line. He was doing the lines of the matches. And he'd always run backwards. And all of a sudden, Paddy called him. God be good to poor Paul O'Neill. The board him now, he said... Paul O'Neill, the All-Ireland champion, is running backwards. You know, <laughs> he came up with those sort of phrases. Yeah. They, were, they were just so funny, you know. And you know, I, I just said to someone yesterday, the hardest part of all this, from, from our from our perspective, from the media perspective, is when the National League starts in a couple of weeks and we go back to our commentaries and we turn to our right or turn to our left, and he won't be there. That's going to be the saddest part of all this, apart, of course, from his family. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's yeah, and as you say, you, you, you travelled a lot over the years. The car journeys, I imagine, were were always full of, full of humour. Full of humour. We went from we went from Cork to Donegal one day, just the two of us, because Mikey got sick, he couldn't go. And imagine driving to Cork and Donegal in the one day. It was like an hour's drive. It was, he'd be on the phone to fellas, he'd be listening to fellas, and he'd be getting directions, and we put in the Google map. And he did the, the Google map and, you know, the voice comes on the Google map, take a turn here. He said, God, she's a great driver, this one. She <laughs> gets us there, aren't they? You know? I, and, you know, in, in recent years, Dennis Hurley from South, he's just travelled with us. And I was only speaking to him yesterday. And Dennis knows the man who's been around a long time. He said he just loves getting into the car and see party alongside him. And that's, like, his charm. I, I, I keep saying this, Tricia. I don't think he had an enemy in the world. Yeah. No one had a bad word to say about him. No matter where you went, north, south, east or west, oh, his body. And people gravitated towards him. People wanted to be in his company. Oh, I say if he stood for election, he'd walk it. Yeah. No matter <laughs> what, what, whether it was local, national or international. He'd sail through because they all vote. Because he, he was such a lovely, lovely man, you know. And like he, when uh, there's a my niece travels comes to match with me, uh, Ellie May, and he said, "Oh, here's Ellie May," and he gives her the sweets and you know that kind of thing. Yeah. He had a way with people yeah. that I don't think anyone can ever match. And you know, 
oh, listen, I, I, I just can't get my head around and the fact. The, and the, uh, the outpouring on uh, social media, uh, yeah, I mean, I spent hours reading uh, comments yesterday on uh, social media. They were just, they were fantastic. And it just struck me then, I was thinking, God, what would Paddy, what would Paddy have made of... Yeah, I mean, he blew up the internet yesterday. He was oh. the top trend on Twitter. He was even ahead of Tommy Tiernan, who had Roy Keane on the night before. And our party met that, him. Yeah. Our party was ahead. Oh, listen. I, I mean, I, I believe I was in touch with Barry O'Mania said told me RTE, TG Cahar, Sunday Sport, the news at six. They all pay tribute to him. And that's test me to the man. And like, you know, Tricia, I, I, as you know, I'm away on holidays and my phone, and I'm not making an issue of this now, but it, it just goes back to the the way he was revered. My phone never stopped. And the number of people that were passing on condolences to myself and our, our colleagues, the JPs and the Jim Nolans and the world, because they all knew how well he how well he was thought of. And you're right, Twitter exploded. I put up a tweet just about him. I looked at this morning, only 142,000 people have seen the tweet. Yeah. He'd be laughing. He would. He would. He would. Because he, he he took he took to Twitter. He you know he he really enjoyed the banter on Twitter. Oh, he did, yeah. and he loved it. And he he threw up an old comment, oh. and he throws something in, and then he ah, that I got this fellow like oh, he he loved that. The, the funny thing happened in a match a couple of weeks ago. A certain well-known journalist was going to get a job with Waterford playing a footballer. I put that up now for a laugh. And he put it up straight away. And there was a reply. Oh, he, he was a rogue of the highest. But a really lovable, lovable rogue. 30 years friendship, Trisha. I just can't, can't comprehend it. That's, I, oh, listen, and I was at a match a couple of weeks ago with him. And Kerry, uh, Kilmurray and Foster were playing. And the two Clifford brothers were, were with Foster. And he called him Dahi from Foster. You know, David Clifford, the best footballer in the country. Dahi from Fasa, he called him. Like he, he could only, he's doing only come up with ways like that. You know, oh. I know, I know. So, so, As, you know, yeah. And his, his likes will never see again. Unfortunately, no, no, and unfortunately. The, the, Gone, but not forgotten. Yeah, he'll never That's be forgotten. Finbar, I, I appreciate you taking time out on your holidays. Uh, um, and, and I know, like the rest of us, you're heartbroken as well. So thank you for that. And, thanks, uh, Trisha. Thanks. And as again, simply to all his family. And listen, oh, may he rest in peace. Thanks. Although, funny enough, no, can I just say one yeah. final thing? People say, may he rest in peace. Mary's laughing and she says, body could never rest. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be commentating in the skies for sure listen Finbar really thank need. you thank you for that bye uh, bye and actually here's um, a clip this is from the uh, All-Ireland Football Final where Cork won uh, by beating down this was back in uh, 2010 and I think one of my favourite uh, commentaries from uh, Pawdy are we going to have the first drawn in All-Ireland for quite a while 16 points to Cork 15 points to down, and Alan Quiff, the army captain from Coolmoreen in Inishannon, lashes it out, the longest one in his life, and is caught by Finton Goldham McCrumpian, and he is fouled, and settle it down would be seen to be the thing. The free to be taken, who's going to take it, who's going to settle it down, Kent, he is ordering it, would he be to come the first West Cotman since Ty Crowley to carry Sam Maguire back into the heartland of Gaelic football, the kick is on its way. And it's, uh, can he be gathered inside? Daniel Golding, it falls to his, um, I was going to say it falls down, it falls somewhere. It's in around the goal mode area, down him. And the goalie has been down, maybe to the right time to down a down goalkeeper. In around the goal, and the play is held up 
down and looking for it. There's a point between them. 16 to Cork, 15 to Down, and Down have possession. They're still in the Cork side of the field. They're coming forward, being policed, being tackled, being harassed, and all over the place. They're still driving forward. And what an interception driving forward right now is none other than Dan Golding from Unboreen. I wonder how Dan Lorden and Mick Lorden is feeling. He's the Lord Mayor of the Boreen. He was their elected representative when we spoke to him during the week. But it's a free into Cork. It's at Coonhead's greatest hour. The man who took over the first day he was in action was up against Lee against Ross Common in the league final. The Moy wearing number 13. It's heading in its way. Lobby it in. Get a fist in it. Get something on it. Don't let it down, man. Garrett. It's all over. Fucker all Ireland champions. What a feeling. What a day. We've waited a long time for it. 20 years. Unbelievable stuff. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. As we continue to try uh, to pay tribute to uh, the late great uh, Paddy Palmer, uh, thank you. I can see a lot of texts and WhatsApps uh, coming in, and we'll do our best to get to as many of them as we can. But some people have contacted by phone. Tom and Donnerwell, Sympathy Stall at C103. Um, I always used to watch the games on the TV, but I turn down the sound and turn up uh, the radio. If it was a bad match, Paddy could certainly light it up. And that's the one thing even the guys who shared the commentary box with them said that sometimes it was a very dull, boring match. But when you were sitting listening to Paddy doing the commentary on it, he could liven up any match. Uh, John in the city, so sorry to hear of uh, Paddy's passing. The best comment I could make about his commentary was the word that comes to mind is homely. He always made the commentary sound uh, homely. And Mark on Twitter to add C103 Cork says, when I lost my hockey goalkeeping gear on a Sunday, travelling from hockey uh, training, I was travelling with the Rovers. I rang Paddy on the Monday. He said he'd put an SOS out and he did. And he managed to get it found. He was a true uh, gent. And uh, John Green uh, joining us from uh, West Cork this morning. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well, and I know this is very difficult for you as well because it's not just a work colleague. Uh, you've lost a friend uh, um, uh, as well. But I, I want you. I, I want to try and uh, for you to bring some of the lighter moments of some of the things that you and Paddy got up to when you used to be doing your uh, reviews on a Monday. Yeah, well, the uh, I suppose the, the Monday sports review would spring to mind instantly, and. Uh, I mean, you know yourself that you wouldn't get away with it now uh, because things have gone completely politically correct. But I suppose it was, what, seven, eight years on a weekly basis every Monday, uh, half past 12 to one o'clock. And it was called the Monday Sports Review, but it was anything but. And I know that uh, a former Cork senior footballer referred to it as the horror show <laughs> and uh, somebody else who was a little more complimentary they referred to it as the Laurel and Hardy show Well I saw somebody yesterday on Twitter saying that they loved it and your your week was made if you got a mention on it Yeah I, I, I mean I, I remember you know during the course of this Monday Sports Review I happened to be out in the Parkway Hotel in Dunmanway one day and I was walking through I forget what the event was now but I was walking through the tables and one woman called me over and she said hey you I want you come over here she said do you know she says you and that fellow clown of yours are responsible for my husband's death 
<laughs> our husband, our husband had died about nine nine months previously, and she said that he, many on occasion, he nearly choked on his dinner laughing, <laughs> and she she said it was a build up of all of this to cost his death. <laughs> so I mean, I've never got a compliment like that before. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 yourself and Paddy having to walk from Bandon to Clonakilty because you you both he said that Clon would never make the final. This is back no, in the nineties. No, no, he said it. Oh, so, oh all right, jumping yeah. in straight away. Okay, go on. And, yeah, he, the, the final in 96 was between Tannacilty and UCC. And about maybe four or five weeks leading up to it, he made the comment on the Monday Sports Review or the horror show that Tannacilty uh, hadn't the hope in hell of making the final. Now, he possibly knew that they would, but this was all part of his roguery and blackguarding, you know. And... I said something in the end, OK, and if you're wrong, what are you going to do about it? And he said, OK, I'll walk from Bandon to Clannacilty and I'll take you with me. And that's what happened. Clannacilty got into the county senior football final. Not only that, but they won it. And, and, and on the Saturday prior to the final, himself and myself and a few others left uh, the Clannacilty Embassy in Market Street in Bandon, which is uh, now closed, Johnny Hurley's public house. And we walked all the way to Clannacilty. And I know we did it for some particular charitable purpose, uh, but there was about maybe, I think there was 30 people walked along with us. Yeah, And yeah. it was just huge crack. Yeah, and, 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 and being in Pawdy's company, that's, that's what it was. And Gary Minahan, the photographer, has sent me on this morning the most wonderful photograph of a very young-looking uh, John Green and an equally young-looking uh, Pawdy Palmer. Uh, and I'm told it's the county final of 1997 when you as a proud bearer man took to the pitch with your little flag. Yeah, um, and just to go back on the, the 96 final again, uh, I, I remember when it finished, I, I was up in the commentary box with Paddy and I looked down and I saw Shawnee Hurley, uh, who's a proud Clannacilty man living in Bandon, and I saw <laughs> Shawnee doing a kind of a dance around the pitch and I was so delighted for him. And I was saying, you know, hopefully that Bayer will get to the final sooner or later. And they got to the final the following uh, year, and they won it after a replay. They were playing Castlehaven, and um, it went to a replay, and they won the replay a week later. But I think it was the the drawn game that Paddy... Now, bear in mind that Paddy was commentating in this match, so he had to be neutral. Paddy and myself rambled out onto the middle of Barclay Creeve. The stadium was full. I had a Bear flag, and he had a Castlehaven flag. And the crowd went wild with laughter and fun and everything, you know. Oh, it's and fantastic. It's a yeah, great I, picture. Yeah, I, ju- I had just forgotten about that until it was actually Donald O'Sullivan down in Castle Bear, known as Donald Butcher, because all his family were butchers. Uh, Donald O'Sullivan sent that photograph on to me during the week. And That's brilliant. Uh, it's, it's a brilliant. lovely photograph, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, John, how, how, how will you best remember Paddy? Um, I, I suppose, Patricia, infectious... Um, I know somebody referred to him as charismatic. He was. But for me, he had the fastest wit I have ever come across in my life, you know. And we used to meet up once a week, once a fortnight, um, and we'd sit down and have a coffee here in Bandon together. And it was kind of a regular occurrence up to, you know, the moment of, of uh, his accident. 
and you know the first half of the conversation would be all about the days and the the um, the Monday Sports Review, and then he'd say, "Come here to me now," and "Come here to me now" meant finish the rubbish talk, time to get serious. And he'd ask how I was and, you know, how I was getting on, how Rose was, etc. That's the type of guy he was, yeah. you know? Yeah. He was a, he was a great friend. Great yeah. friend. And what do you think he'd make of the outpouring uh, across all media about him? Well, I, you, you know, I suppose part, he was, he, he loved the limelight as well, you know, but he, he was very modest, so he'd be a little bit embarrassed about it, I suppose, as well. And, you know, his, you probably know that his brother, Dennis, is Claudine Keane's father. Yeah, and, and, he, and Paddy, was Claudine's yeah. godfather. And Paddy is Claudine Keane's godfather, and Claudine Keane is right, or, uh, Robbie Keane's uh, wife. Yeah. Not once since I and I know Paddy 30 years not once did he mention that you know are you serious no I never knew it wow wow and that's that's just the type of modest guy he was okay all right listen uh, John thank you for that and and I I know you've been a bit under the weather and you weren't actually on air yesterday but um, we appreciate you taking time out to talk to us and and remembering your great friend but uh, thank you for joining us no problem. Uh, good morning to you. And our own producer, uh, John Paul McNamara, has worked very closely uh, with uh, Paddy Palmer, especially covering the West Cork Sports Award. And, and JP uh, joins me in uh, studio. Good morning to you, Good morning. JP. Now, you'd, you would have known uh, Paddy from when you first started at C103 on work experience. Is that when you would have first come across Paddy? Yeah, I was on work experience in the late 90s in what was then County Sound, now C103. And uh, I just remember Paddy bouncing through the door and we we all knew him, like Joanna Reardon said in her tweet yesterday, he was the voice of our generation. We yeah. grew up listening to Paddy and never knew anything but Paddy on local radio. And to think that he was coming in, it was a big deal because at that time he, it was huge. Uh, social media wasn't really there. So local radio was your, your, your voice for everything locally. And he came in the door and he was bouncing in the door. He's always bounced everywhere. He never kind of came in slowly or walking slowly. He kind of ran in the door, uh, whether that be in the studio in, in Bandon or in the Celtic Ross and Ross Carberry. And he had a great interest in people. And even that time I can remember, and I was only on, on work experience for two weeks. I mean, I had no idea that two weeks would become my lifetime. Yeah. Um, and and it, it did. But he, he would come in and had an interest in... Why you, are you doing this? Why have you an interest? But took an interest. It wasn't just for the sake of having a chat. He had a real interest in people. And I think that has come across over the last number of uh, 24 hours from uh, on social media and people we're, we're hearing from on Twitter and text here uh, that he, he took an interest. It wasn't just for the sake of I'm going to chat to this person to kill five minutes. He wanted to chat with you. And from there on, from people who were on work experience with us over the last number of years, uh, Paddy would always make time to move away from, from us and have a chat. And, you know, why do you want to do this? Where are you from? I heard a lovely story actually yesterday evening uh, from Neil Grant in the Celtic Ross from a, a young guy who worked in the Celtic Ross and was getting into journalism. And he was doing uh, something for the examiner in uh, pre- previewing a match, I think. Uh, and there was a press conference in, in Parque Cueve. And Paddy was at it. And Paddy looked over and knew this guy's face and goes straight over to him and says, how do I know your face? And I think the, I could be wrong. I think it's Shane was the, the young man's name. And he says, I served you coffee and tea often at the West Cork Sports Star Awards, be that the annual one or the monthly one. 
and Paddy goes, oh my God, and who are you and where are you from and all of this and then brought him because it's very intimidating. I mean, I know this myself. If you're going to a press conference at a young age from the county, first Starting of all, out. going into the city, all the older journals yeah. and, you know, they can be quite intimidating when you're, when you're starting mean, out. They don't mean to be. They don't mean to be, but, yeah, but a, yeah. a, a, a country lad going into the city, first of all, is bad enough without going into a room full of these yeah. guys. So it can be very intimidating. Paddy brought him, brought him over told them who he was um, introduced, introduced them all yeah. and because of that then going forward it would have made it easier for him so and I'm, other young journalists like that that and, Paddy and, brought under his wing and as you say you worked very closely in recent years with Paddy with the, the West Cork uh, Sports Award he loved his involvement with this loved. and he's the, I was only reading with this yesterday they're going 25 years yeah himself yeah. and Con Downing from the Southern Star yeah. um, along with uh, Jerry Whitchley of the hotel started this up uh, back 25 years ago this year is the 25th anniversary and I know Helen Whitchley and Neil Grant in the Celtic Ross are devastated along with Kieran McCarthy the sports editor of the Southern Star and Con Downing who's retired now from the Southern Star but it was Con and Potty, uh first day where the main men oh, and got that going wow. and they thought it would only last a few years and 25, 25 years, years later on. the talent that is coming out of West Cork and he, he loves the youth section of those awards because this every quarter we honour uh, a young person under 18 in, in the West Cork area. And he loved that because a lot of those, for example, the, the rowers, I mean, rowing it was always a popular sport in the coastal areas of our county. But it's from 2016, it became known everywhere across Cork, but also across Ireland. And the rowers who are now Olympic medalists were on Pawdy's radar pre-2016 wow. they were one of the ones everybody As was watching for the boys. young teenage yeah. boys the yeah. young rowers uh, marking their talents in the youth section of that award and now they're Olympic uh, gold incredible. medalists it's and incredible it's just he, he was trending all over Twitter <laughs> yesterday uh, and, and last week you and I were talking about the outpouring uh, following the incident that what had happened and there was so much good thoughts and people mm. were praying for him and hoping he'd make a full recovery and we had been joking about he's going to get such a kick out of reading all of these what would he make what would he have made of the top trend on Twitter in Ireland yesterday he would have laughed out loud first of all yeah. and go God what boys are writing this they must be fairly stuck now if I'm trending <laughs> across the country he would have loved it but as John Green mentioned there and everybody else this morning he would have been modest about it as well and would have said that one line and would have brushed it off and moved on um, but overall I think he would have been taken back at the, the public response I mean we're taken back I mean yesterday it was very raw yesterday morning for us here. You did so um, well. You did so well yesterday morning. We found morning. out before, before we went on air at 10 o'clock. Yeah. And it was so raw. Uh, and I think the emotion probably did uh, come over us all when we were live on air um, and had to announce uh, following news, the news we were receiving. Um, but I think from then on, the amount of texts, WhatsApps, people texting our own private phones and, and ringing here just shows how much he touched everybody over the years. And we'll never have another party again. And, it was, and it's all over the country. It's not just... It's all, no, it's yeah. not just here in Cork. Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we, I was listening there. T.G. Carher, someone sent me in a, a short video on a commentary yesterday from T.G. Carher. Uh, he was mentioned in that commentary. I know most local stations up and the country this morning are paying tribute to him. Our national broadcaster, RTE, uh, did it last night. Virgin Media are covering. I mean, everybody is covering our party. And, and that shows the much respect that he had 
Uh, not only here in Cork, but right across our country and beyond. And I think what everybody has mentioned is his quick wish. And he was a wordsmith when it came to commentaries. And like I would have worked with him on various sports shows over the years, either behind the scenes or on air. And our outside broadcast we do for the sport awards from the Celtic Ross and Ross Carberry. Uh, I mean, when he was joining me on that towards the end, it was just we'd interview everybody that was up for the award. I mean, none of us knew what we were going to say because it was a case of, if we have time, Potty, you'll come in at the end just to mark the occasion and, and wrap it up. Uh, and anything could happen. But he was just, he would come out with some amazing phrases and words to Legendary. acknowledge those that we've interviewed. And we were under time pressure, as you know, you're, you're coming yeah. up to news, you have only a minute to get all this out. And he would do it by perfection in 30 seconds because he knew the clock was ticking I mean he's just one of a kind and yeah. I must send our sympathies to his family yeah. we would have got to know his family over the years Colette uh, Claire and Emily Claire uh, I think if I'm right was on work experience she was definitely in a, the studio on Bandit a lot <laughs> anyway yeah. over the years uh, so our heart felt goes out to them because we all got to know them yeah. through our party yeah and we, we will never forget him and we just want to finish off this is the last his last ever commentary. Um, what, what is this from the? This was just before Christmas. Um, this is the Kilchana game, isn't it? Is it okay? Just let me. There we go. And Ian Zorn have it. They're Thanks, two points behind. Two minutes in it, and they have an opportunity here with Reno, and it's dropped in by Reno Regan into the goal mode area. There's a yellow man coming out, but he breaks away and a shot aside in the back of the net. Ian Zorn of a goal hit the post on the way in. Would you believe that Ian Zorn have got a goal? At a crucial, crucial stage of the game, and uh, that one into the back of the net, and that score coming 58 minutes of it. And now we've got it, they're a point ahead. A point ahead after that particular effort. And would you believe it? The top 29 year old Shane Murphy, who won it all Ireland, won the medal with Cockaway back, and there's a big dropping one in here, but unfortunately. It's a wide ball and the score remains and the linesman. So Shane Murphy, you see the hero for whatever hour they will have. The 65 is dropped in. What can they do with it? All of Aaron's zone are in around the house. It would be impossible. The referee has blown the full-time whistle. And what an incredible game of falling has come to an end. The final score and the county champions are Aaron's zone. Aaron's zone, one goal and 30 points. Gallant Kilshanig, three goals and 20 points. It was a thriller and it was a pleasure. And for the moment, it's back to you in the studio, Rory. And the press box in Cork and indeed around the country will be a lonelier place without our party. Cork today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Now I'm doing my very best to get through as many of the comments that are coming in uh, to the programme this morning. Uh, and thank you to each and every one. And our apologies if we don't get to every one of them. But just let me bring just a sample of uh, some of, of what some people are saying uh, this morning. Um, hi, this is Marion Kildallery. Patricia, sympathies to you and all the crew on the death of Potty, your esteemed friend and colleague. Another great presenter gone. You lost Sean Dondon last year. Two great presenters gone to their eternal uh, rest. 
and that's from Mary. Thanks, Mary. Sorry to hear about Paddy's death. He will be sadly missed. May he rest in peace. He was everybody's friend, and that's from the Lane family in Newmarket. Margaret and Darren agree. Says Patricia, I was in tears listening to Paddy's comments commentary on the All Ireland final between Cork and uh, Down. And says my condolences to Paddy's family and all his colleagues. May his gentle soul rest in peace. We will miss his voice on the radio. Says Anne and a West Cork listener said so sorry to hear about the death of Paddy. My deepest condolences to his family and everybody at C103. He will be greatly missed. And Johnny Crowley in Mallow said so sorry to hear of uh, Paddy Palmer's uh, death. When I went to GA matches, I met uh, Paddy. Uh, always lovely to meet up with him and uh, chat. Some of your WhatsApps him. My deepest sympathy to you all at the station on the sad, sad passing of Paddy. Our forever friend will never be forgotten. Whenever a football game, wherever a football game is played, we'll think of Paddy. Our loss is heaven's game. Gain to his family, deepest sympathies and thanks for giving him to us for the past 40 years. Rest in peace. And that's a really good point. That's a really good point to collect and to the girls. You know, they allowed Body to head out every weekend when there was uh, matches on so we've so much to be thankful to the Palmer family for as well Anne says my most memorable moment by Paddy was when there was some club match on it was a very close match one team scored a goal and the ball rebounded back from the net and they scored the goal again and Paddy says if they can score a goal twice it's a miracle he was so fired up he was like the 14th player on the pitch he had such a depth of knowledge of players sport what a character May Paddy rest in peace. That's from Anne. Mary says, my deepest sympathies to all the staff at C103 on this very, very sad occasion. We will miss him every time we turn on the radio to hear a match commentary. May I pay special compliments to his colleagues in the sports department who played a very special tribute to him uh, yesterday. It wasn't easy for them to keep their emotions uh, together as they spoke about him. I shed a tear myself as I listened back to his passionate commentary. May he rest in peace. Yeah, I'm well done to Rory Burke and all the guys yesterday they really did a cracker of uh, a programme and you're right it wasn't easy someone else says my most memorable phrase from Paddy's commentary was oh there they go the Holy Communion crowd what was he referring to the crowd who left the match early it was priceless Patricia I, I never once heard Paddy ever be harsh in his criticism of referees, linesmen or umpires. I often heard Paddy say in his commentary, what a man when a player scored an equalising point or a score to win a game. The best way I can describe Paddy was, what a man. He was a true gentleman with a personality that would light up a room to his wife and daughters and extended family and everyone at C103. My deepest condolences. Uh, may he rest in peace. Paddy was a true, true gentlemen. Thank you for that. And uh, this is Jim saying, hi Patricia, I'm devastated at the news of the legend that Paddy Palmer's passing and it won't be the same without him uh, in the commentary box but no doubt gone to the commentary box in heaven and no doubt some banter with Paddy and those gone before him like Weechie Fogarty from Radio Kerry. I loved the phrases he used like the Slawn Lath tournament as the relegation playoff and he knew of every player's occupation like the carpet fitter and I'm not sure if it was Paddy who coined the phrase about Breach Corkery saying she was a stonemason by day and stone mad by night he was some character and he would be greatly greatly missed and thank you to the gang at the WLR 
FM in Waterford. They've just sent on uh, a WhatsApp sending on condolences to Paulie's family and everybody here at C103. They describe him as an absolute gent and a top broadcaster. He'll be missed by many in the radio uh, industry. And uh, hi, uh, Patricia and all at C103. No words on the loss of Paddy Palmer. And yet there are a million words that could be used to describe Paddy Palmer. Firstly, to his family, uh, a world of sympathy and love to you all. And thank you for sharing your beautiful husband and dad with the county and with beyond. He shortened many a road home after a match loss and illuminated when he won. His descriptive, witty, unique turn of phrase are second to none. His knowledge of players, mentors and club associates was phenomenal. A rare and real gem. And as I have told him, and and as I have said to him, nearly the perfect gentleman, except for the Kerry bit. Keep the banter going, uh, Paddy, and thank you for being a part of our lives. Uh, That's, as I say, some of the WhatsApps, and it's just a fraction of uh, some of the uh, WhatsApps that we have been received. And just going through the papers this morning, there's some lovely commentary in the papers as well. John Finton Daly, uh, he's actually away on holidays at the moment. Uh, He would have been regular uh, uh, co-commentator with with Paddy on C103. He's written a beautiful piece in the Examiner, the sports section of the Examiner today, and lovely photographs of Paddy in it. But he says, and, and I think this sums it up, he said, the beauty of the man was his incredible ability never to cause hurt to anyone for their efforts on or off the field of play, regardless of how bad the situation might uh, be. And I think that sums up uh, Paddy. Well done. That's from John uh, Finton Daly. And then I saw a lovely piece on the Donnerail blog uh, yesterday today that I think is worthy of a, men- a mention and this was as the news was breaking yesterday that Paddy had passed away and it reads the devastating news this morning that Paddy Palmer has died has cast a gloom over the county. There are many who will not recognise the face but his unique voice was known near and far with his commentaries on GAA matches on C103. Paddy had that ability to set the scene for a match. He lured you into the atmosphere. Every player was mentioned when they were on the ball or supporting their teammates. Paddy made the most mundane match memorable with his wit and his one-liners. No match was finished until the final whistle and Paddy kept the enthusiasm alive to the very end. He was the only commentator I know who could talk a ball into the back of the net or over the bar if a team was losing badly. His easy manner was infectious. Paddy made GAA matches into entertainment. The pitch was his stage and we were all his audience. It's hard to believe that we will never hear his voice again. My deepest sympathies to his family, his extended uh, family, his friends, his neighbours and his second family at C103. We as listeners have lost an institution. Sleep easy, uh, Paddy. Heaven has gained a great character and the world is a sadder place without our Paddy Palmer. C103 Jobs. Um, St. Joseph's Day Centre in Rathmore. They're looking for a trainee D1 licensed bus driver. It's to take part in their community employment scheme called Sean at 089-2247454. Ballancolly coaches, they're looking for bus drivers with a D licence. Now, guard the vetting and a medical for school transport will be necessary. 021 4873828. 
and a childminder is wanted for a 13-month-old boy four days per week in Bantir or the surrounding areas. Contact Lorna on 086 39539839 and a qualified gym instructor is wanted for a full-time position in the Hibernian Hotel in Mallow. Email Elaine at leisure at Hibernian Hotel mallow.com. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Promoter, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Now everyone is struggling with high energy costs at the moment and I think for most people they dread the arrival of the electricity or the gas bill. But please spare a thought for small businesses who are really struggling just to keep the lights on. One such business is Eggman's stores in Churchtown in North Cork and Gary Martin, the owner shared his most recent electricity bill on social media at the weekend and Gary joins me this morning. Good morning to you Gary. Hi, how are you? Um, I'm, I'm very good, thank you. Now, you, you, your electricity bill was just shy of €13,000. How, yeah. how much would that same bill have typically been last year or the previous year? Um, it would have been between Six and a half and seven thousand euros, um, and that was excluding with me having solar panels on the, the previous year before. So I would have been about five thousand over two months, and then obviously last year we had the increase about six, six and a half, and now it's up to this one. <laughs> but going from the five thousand, you're nearly tripling what it was before we started to see increase in, in prices. It's just and, and and you say you even have put in solar panels which yeah. you thought would have helped bring down the bill. It has taken an edge off it, but not enough. I'm waiting on the SB to come back to me to put another sixty panels on. <laughs> They're not going to make that much of a difference though, are they? <laughs> Trying to protect myself against future increases again but it's um it's tough and it do you try where possible to conserve energy or is that possible in a shop in the shop it's very hard because you don't have fridges and freezers that are going to have to run 24 7 Um there is some fridges freezers that we can switch off and move stock around um but in a hall, it's, it's very hard for a shop to shut down 100% and not use electricity when they're not open. The government support, Gary, that we've been hearing about for, for businesses, would that be of any help? Or how, how much do you reckon you'll get from that? Zero. I did it over the weekend. Uh, I've actually two shops and... I got a relief of €216 Euro off one. And the shop, Eggman Stores, I fall up €9 Euro a, a day under the threshold uh, qualify for the temporary business support scheme. So you won't get so, anything? Nothing. nothing. Not, not, not as of now. Maybe in the next billing cycle I might, but nothing now because of that €9. Euro. My bill hasn't my bill hasn't increased by fifty percent over twelve months. Oh yeah, and that's and that's probably because you put in the solar panels. Possibly, yeah. 
Oh man, that's frustrating. That's frustrating. I suppose we, I, I should have started by saying for people outside of the area, describe your your shop, the type of shop it is. It's a convenience store, independent. Um, we employ ten ten staff in that store. It's the only shop in the village. It's kind of hub of the village. Um, it does everything a normal shop would do, like a like a fair centre or a, or like likewise. Um, yeah, we kind of have a fully functional hot deli and cold cold deli, um, and we can get pretty much everything in in, in there. And it is the point. Another very good point to make. It is the only shop in the village of Churchtown. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you have to come back to Budavent, or you go back towards Liscarroll, John's Bridge, or Mallow or Charlton. And, and your point, I thought you made a really valid point on, on social media, uh, is for people to please try to understand when prices are going up in shops like yours or other businesses. It, this isn't price gorging on your behalf. No, no, it's not. Oh, since COVID and the war, we have seen increases on products. And we have been adding on your sense here there to kind of compensate that. But there's only so much you can do. You can't you can't add on fifty percent onto a bottle of ketchup. It just it doesn't work. <laughs> so you kinda you're trying to drag back in those couple of cents on every product and spread it across and hope we can weather the storm. And also trying to make enough of a profit to cover the likes of this massive electricity bill. Yes, that's it. Um I mean obviously this will take up a lot of profit we've we've made over the last 12 months. Paying this bill won't be a, a massive thing, but we know in eight weeks' time there's another one. And that's when the problem begins. Where did that money come from? Yeah, every bit of profit, <laughs> every, yeah, every bit of saving that you have will go on this 13,000 one. But as you say, eight weeks' time, when another 13,000, and there's no indication... Is there that, that it won't be 13,000 in, in eight weeks' time? Well, it could be more, could be less. Oh, um, yeah. I, I made a contract and I was advised not to go back into a contract purely because the contract prices are higher than the actual prices I'm paying because they're factoring in the losses for future. Um, so I was on to my provider at Borgash this morning and I asked for a contract and they couldn't tell me one. So if I was to want to buy a contract today, they couldn't tell me one because they don't know the price. And is there any leeway with spreading out the cost of that bill or does it, it I know it says on the bill it has to be paid I think by the 19th of January. Well that's one thing I've done for five or six years. As soon as that bill comes in to me, I ring them straight away and they will stop the payment and I'll spread it out over seven or eight weeks, depending on how how often your bill is like this. So currently, I'll pay sixteen hundred euros a week up until the third of March. While you await the next bill to land on your doorstep. That's it. <laughs> oh, it's soul destroying. It, 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 and and the, and the and the the thing is, and I'm always um, Gary here banging on about how we need to support the the smaller <coughs> independent stores because. If your shop was to close, 
that's yeah. it. Only shop in, in the village. There isn't going to be a queue of people coming because to, to open up another shop. That no. people will be the, the effect on the community when the last shop standing closes is devastating. Yeah, it will be. Well, well, no, it will be. It would be over the past five, six years since I took took that shop. The support has been unbelievable. Um, in time of the the bad snow four years ago, we were the customers were were brilliant to us. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER. Um, all through COVID, was, it was brilliant. We kept the doors open. We tried to keep COVID outside the door. We kept, we never had to close. And we are being well supported. So we can see that if worst came to worst and we had to reduce hours or shut a day, it, the, the town will suffer. Of course it will. Of course, of course it will. And I was looking on your social media page. I have to say, you offer great value on hot food. I was looking at taco chips for four euro ninety five, and I thought the best one, chicken curry with rice and chips for six euro. Yeah, yeah. That's really good value. Yeah, it is. We 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 find it hard to compete, but we have our own niche out there. We're out on our own. And like that was said before, we're well supported and I don't want to be charging somebody above and beyond because people have bills to pay. Those individuals are in the same position with me. It's just that I have a business there at home. So I can see it from both sides. I'm not going to gouge. I'm not going to rob. I want to make a few bob and they want to save a few bob. 
Yeah, and as as you know, all your customers, their electricity bills are are rising as well. But but I do think you make a, val- a very valid point. Point before people jump in and start accusing businesses of putting up prices just out of greed. That's not what businesses are doing. They really are struggling just to stay afloat. Oh yeah, there's hundreds of businesses like me, week to week, month to month, worrying about when that bill is going to come in. And I think it's important for people in rural areas to think about where they shop, where they spend their money, where is that money going to end up? End up, And it's businesses like mine who keep rural areas ticking over. And you also try, I'm assuming, to support other local businesses by stocking their projects? I do, yeah. yeah. Wherever I can get it from, close by, I will. And then the other side of it, sponsorship, with clubs, organisations, charities, every year... We look after them. Unfortunately, we can't look at that. everybody, but we will entertain. And because we know we'll get it back. Yeah. I know it's a it's a business way of looking at it, but if I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Yeah. And I think that's the way rural areas and communities should be, because everybody wins. Well, I think I think you've 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 summed up the the frustration and what small local business owners are going through at the moment. And for some, Gary, the future isn't looking bright. We will lose by this time next year. We will lose some small businesses if more supports aren't put in place. Yeah, I think I think the government has to be more proactive and rather than reactive and support businesses like myself because we're keeping a lot of people in employment. Let's say if touch would have never happened over my two businesses if they were to close at 16 people on social welfare payments. You you mentioned you have a, sec- you have a second shop. Where is that? Yeah, it's Horgan's and Butterman's. Oh, Horgan's and Butterman's, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, but this bill is only for the one shop, wasn't it? The Just 16, the one shop, yeah. 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 All right, listen, uh, Gary, your heart goes out to you. Keep flying the flag. You're doing great work at um, Eggman's Doors. Um, and at the shop in Butterfront. But thanks a million for taking time out to talk to us today. Thanks a million. Good yeah, morning to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. That is uh, Gary Martin of Eggman Stores in uh, Churchtown with a scarily high electricity bill for a small shop in a small village like uh, Churchtown. Eddie and Bandon scratching his head saying wholesale gas prices are decreasing. So why are the electricity bills still so high uh, considering there seems to be vested interests out there are, are there vested interests out there keeping electricity prices high? That's from Eddie in Bandon. And then actually we had an email in from Cora in uh, Dublin who uh, listens to us online on c103.ie and says, Morning Patricia, I just want to bring something to the attention of your listeners, uh, please. My contract was with Electric Ireland and it was up on the 14th of December of last year. As there was no deals to be had by switching, I opted to stay with them and instead sign up for a 10% discount. My previous discount had been 26%. When my electricity bill came in on the 24th of December, it was all charged at 10%. No portion had been charged at 26%. Now, I got through to them finally on the 29th of December and was told, oh, that's a common issue and that the bill would be reissued and the correct discounts put in place. Then the government grant came through on the 1st of the 1st of this year and also the extra €50 credit which has been given by Electric Ireland. However, yesterday 
yesterday, I discovered that they'd still taken the direct debit of €243.06. The bill has still not been reissued. The gas bill came in with the same issue of discount not being applied properly. Tried to get through and I couldn't. I'm on an equaliser payment, which means they take €51 per month. I've been in credit all of last year. This bill is for €264 and my account shows that I'm in credit of €63. Again yesterday, I discovered they are doubling my payment to €102 per month. This is totally frustrating me. I just want to put pen to paper in this email to let other listeners know that if they do change the discounted rate and they do it mid-bill to make sure that they get the higher rate for the portion of the bill before it is dropped. You need to very, very carefully read through all of your bills and your statements. Thank you for that. And that's from Cora listening to us in Dublin. 0818 103 103. John Paul's taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp to 0862. 103 103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. And some of your WhatsApps in uh, responding to my interview with Gary Martin of Eggman Stores and his astronomically high electricity bill. Hi, Patricia. My heart goes out to Gary and his wife. They have worked so, so hard to build up their businesses and they've served Butterfield and Churchtown so well. And they are or an example of what so many small businesses are going through and that's from Mick in uh, Bottevant. Hi Patricia, just listening to Gary speaking to you on the programme it really is heartbreaking. They have really done their best to make a success of both businesses, the one in Bottevant and the one in Churchtown. Anytime I pass I always try to pop in and buy something just to support them. The government are a disgrace. It feels like Gary has been punished because he put in solar panels. Yeah, he really does from what he was outlining and someone else says compliments to Gary and all of his staff they run one of the best local shops in the area in Churchtown I hope they get some support from the uh, government and more local shops like that need to get support and that's what's very much coming through uh, from people responding to my interview with uh, Gary thank you for that uh, whatsapping 0862103103 now time for our monthly slot with Citizen Information and Anne O'Donovan the Development Manager with South Munster Citizens Information Service which covers West Cork and is based at Bantry uh, joins me and today's topic is sick leave and sick pay. Good morning to you Anne. Morning Patricia and Happy New Year to you. And many happy returns. Now I imagine that staff in Citizen Information are particularly busy th- these days are they? Yes you're right there. I suppose our service continues to be busy. I suppose the new year is a time when a number of changes announced in the budget last year come into effect and so people have a lot of questions about their situation Um, and we have an increasing number of people dropping into our centres for face-to-face consultation as well as contacting us by phone and and again, we would always say to people, if they, you know, have they something complex, to give us a ring and we make an appointment for them. OK, now, and this time of year, it's, it's traditionally the time when people pick up coughs and colds and flus, but I don't think I've ever seen or heard so many people who are sick at the moment. So that's what we're going to look at today. Supports that are available if you find yourself in that situation where you need to take time off work due to illness. So can you start by clarifying what rights we have to paid sick leave from for employees, what what rights do they have? 
Yeah, I suppose, Patricia, it might come as a surprise to some of your listeners to hear that until this year, uh, you had no legal right to be paid when you were off sick from work, no matter how long you'd been with your employer. But thankfully, there has been a change in this. Uh, so since the 1st of January this year, you have a right to three days sick pay a year. Now, this is called statutory sick pay, which means it's the legal minimum number of days you need to be paid for. It's paid by your employer at 70% of your normal pay up to a maximum of €110 Euros a day. Now, I suppose it's important to add that this is the entitlement to paid sick leave. It's been phased in gradually over four years. So this year, 2023, there's three days are covered. Next year is going to go up to five days and then in two years' time, 2025, it'll go up to seven days and then it, what's intended by 2026 that there will be 10 days covered. So that somebody would have two weeks of paid sick leave. So that's, that's again, a very positive development for, for employees. Now, those sick days, they can be taken as consecutive days or non-consecutive days. So, you know, they don't have to be all together. And the important thing is to remember that the sick pay year, it's the calendar year. So it runs from the 1st of January to 31st of December. Is every person who's in employment entitled to sick pay? Well, there are some conditions. I suppose to qualify for the statutory sick pay, you have to be an employee and you have to have worked for your employer for at least three or 13 continuous weeks before you're sick. So that's about three months. So, so somebody would have to be with their employer for at least three months before they can avail of it. The other thing then is you must also be certified by GP as being unable to work. So that means you need to get a medical search in order to get sick pay? Yeah. So I suppose that's just a very important thing for people to remember that under the sick leave legislation, you must be certified by GP as being unable to work uh, to qualify for the statutory sick pay. So you, and you have to be certified from the first day of your sick leave. So that's just very important to be aware of that. So somebody has a right to get the sick pay from the first day of their they're off sick. You know, the employer can't apply any waiting days saying you have to have so many days before you can avail of it. You can get it from day one. OK, now you mentioned how it's calculated. It's 70% of your normal gross pay up to a maximum of 110 uh, a day. Uh, what is the normal daily pay? Or what is normal daily pay? Well, your normal daily pay will include any regular bonuses or allowances which don't change from week to week. So if there's any, so it's really, they look at what is your what you know your your basic wage plus any regular bonuses or allowances so if say your pay changes from week to week because of regular bonus payments then your sick pay is the average of your pay over the 13 weeks before you're on sick leave okay so it's it's okay. calculated that way now it's important though to remember that it is capped at a maximum of 110 euros a day okay uh, now some employers may already have a sick pay scheme so this new scheme does that impact on those situations no, so like if an employer already pays sick leave and they may already offer their employees more generous sick pay arrangements, then then that they would stay in place. And these would normally be outlined within someone's contract of employment. I suppose the important thing is to know that any company sick pay, um, sick leave scheme can't be less than the statutory amount. That's the most yeah, important that's, thing. That's the big change. So what are my options if I experience problems getting sick pay from my employer? So if you don't get your statutory sick pay, the first thing really someone should do is contact their employer to try and resolve the, the issue informally. I suppose perhaps it's a new scheme. You know, the employer may not be fully aware of their obligations. So again, so to have a chat, you can always give them a printout from our website or whatever just to show the changes. Now, if 
if having done all that informally, you can't resolve the issue directly with your employer, you can make a formal employment to the Workplace Relations Commission. Now, again, I would really suggest if someone was thinking that they should contact a local citizens information centre for information on how to make a complaint to the to the WRC, because there are time limits. You must make your complaint within six months of the dispute. Now, the time limit can be extended for a further six months if there's reasonable cause for delay, but really it would be best to get it in within the time. But again, first of all, we'd always stress, try and sort it out informally, first of all, by having a chat. Now, we all know that the particularly small employers, small business people are already concerned with rising energy costs. And actually, we've only, we've only just spoken about it here on the mm. programme. Uh, and some of those employers may be concerned about the extra costs of having to pay sick leave. Is there any way an employer can be exempt from paying sick leave? Yeah, that has been included in the legislation. So an employer who's experiencing severe financial difficulties, they can apply to the Labour Court for an exemption uh, from paying the statutory sick pay. And if an exemption is granted, it will be for a period of between 3 to 12 months. So so it's really through an application to the Labour Court. And obviously, they, they would be looking for proof then of the financial difficulties. And how is somebody's employment rights protected when they're out on sick leave? So if someone's out on sick leave... Um, they're treated really as being in employment. So it is protected leave while they're off. So they, you know, um, so they are protected during that period. OK, and just on the point that you said earlier that this new statutory sick pay will provide sick pay for a limited number of days. For example, we're talking about this year, 2023, it's three days, it goes to five days next year and, 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 and so on. But what happens if I'm out sick for more than three days? So if you're all off work for more than three days then, and you have enough PRSI contributions, you can apply to the Department of Social Protection for a payment called illness benefit. Now, that can be paid for up to two years, provided somebody has enough PRSI contributions and they meet the qualifying conditions. Now, if it was a situation that somebody didn't have enough PRSI contributions, they'd need to contact the Department of Social Protection and at their local health centre, and they'll assess their situation to see if they would have an entitlement to supplementary welfare allowance, which is means-tested, but is kind of that safety net payment for people who are falling through the net. Okay, now let's stay on the whole thing of sick leave. Are there specific supports for people who say are injured or are incapacitated, but it was due to a work-related incident? Yeah, there is. The Department of Social Protection has what's called an occupational injury scheme, and that provides benefits for people who are injured or incapacitated by an accident at work or while travelling directly to or from work on an unbroken journey to or from work. Now, that scheme also covers people who have contacted a disease as a result of the type of work they do. There are a number of um, benefits under that occupational injury scheme, and I suppose there are different conditions attached to each benefit. So I would really suggest if anybody thought that that scheme applied to them, that they contact us and we would go through the different parts of it with them. Yeah, and I know only recently we did an interview on it. It's uh, long COVID is still not, still doesn't yeah. fall under the occupational injury scheme. Now, whether that will change in the future, but it certainly isn't there at the moment. Now, what happens if someone is still unable to go back to work after two years or has a long-term illness, for example? Yeah, again, uh, there is, um, a, a, again, a social welfare payment called invalidity pension. Now, that's a weekly payment for people who can't work because of a long-term illness or disability and, again, who are covered by social insurance. Generally, somebody would need to have at least five years of PRSI contributions to be able to avail of that. Now, I suppose the good thing about that payment as well, it is a long-term payment and it, 
and a question we would often get from people who are on it because it's long term they'd say what happens then when they get to pension age so at 66 then you transfer automatically to the contributory state pension at the full rate now the other thing about invalidity pension is that it entitles you to free travel pass and you may also get um, extra social welfare benefits for example the household benefits package depending on you know your household makeup yeah because that's means tested now what happens if you do not have enough PRSI contributions for illness benefit or indeed for the invalidity pension that you mentioned yeah, so in that situation, if you ha- again, if you have a long-term illness or disability that's continued for at least one year uh, or is expected to continue for, for longer than that you can- and you can take up work, you may apply for what's called disability allowance. That's a means-tested payment. So if you have a short-term illness, like say maybe someone broke a bone and they didn't qualify for illness benefit, then their only option would be to apply for the supplementary welfare allowance, which is the short-term emergency payment. That's also means-tested. Right. And I, and actually, sorry, Patricia, can I just go back to there, you know, the household benefit package? They, they, that is means-tested for some people, but not for others. So again, it's, n- it's kind of one of those ones, talk to us if someone was yeah, looking at applying to, for that. It's, it's, yeah, because yeah, it's, it's, it's not means-tested in certain situations and it is in others. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, yeah. And as I was banging on uh, all throughout the month of December to people with the, f- with the changes to the fuel allowance, which kicked in from the 1st of Mm-hmm. January if you got turned yeah. down in the past reapply or get onto the citizen's information Ab- to check absolutely yeah, okay. a lot of people will come be applying will be eligible this time around yeah, yeah. Ab- yeah and if it's there for you you might as well get it now if somebody's mm-hmm. asking about what happens to annual leave if you're out for a period on sick leave Okay, and I think that's probably very relevant at the moment because so many people were sick over Christmas when they were on holidays. So if you become ill during your annual leave and you ha and you got a medical cert for the days you're ill, those sick days won't be counted as annual leave days. So and you can instead you can use the same number of days as annual leave at a later date. And it's important to note that your employer can't insist you take annual leave on days that you are off sick, but but you have to have a medical cert for those days. Um, and you can build up your annual leave entitlement while you're off sick as long as you have a medical cert. I can't stress that enough. It, you know, you mo- you know, if you were off sick, but you didn't go to your doctor, you didn't have a medical cert. Well, then you're not you 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 don't you're not covered. But if you have a medical cert for those days, they they don't they're not counted as annual leave, and you can take them at a later time. Okay, if a situation arises where somebody's been off work and on an illness-related social welfare benefit but feels they would like to go back to work but they're unable to go back full-time, there was a lot of people after COVID in particular felt, mm-hmm. you know, still had health issues. Have they options if, they, if they'd like to go back but don't want to go back full-time? Yeah, so you have some options. Um, and again, those depend on which social welfare payment you're receiving. So if somebody has been on getting illness benefit, which is a shorter term payment, and, and, and they were, have been on it for a minimum of six months, or if they were on the, the long-term invalidity pension and they wish to return to work, they may qualify for what's called partial capacity benefit. That's where your capacity for work is reduced by your medical condition. So it could apply for people who used to work full-time but can't go back any longer. To, you should complete the application form for um, partial capacity benefit and return to the Department of Social Protection. Now, the important thing, though, is not you may not work until you've received written approval to do so from them. Now, there's no restriction on the earnings or number of hours you can work once you have that approval. So that's if you've been on in this benefit or on invalidity pension. But you need to get the approval first. Is it different Absolutely. if you're getting a disability allowance? 
Yeah, so disability allowance is a means-tested one. So if you're receiving the means-tested disability allowance and you start work, you need to notify the Department of Social Protection and then provide proof of your earnings. So a wage slip or your contract of employment or a letter from your employer can be used as a proof of your earnings. And I suppose the important thing with disability allowance is you can work and earn up to €165 a week, that's after paying PRSI and pension contributions, without your disability allowance payment being affected. And that figure has gone up that uh, from the 1st January. Prior to the 1st January, you could earn €140 and it didn't affect it. Now that's gone up €265 a week. Now, amounts over that will impact on your social welfare payment, but if you contact Citizens Information, we'll go through the means test in detail with you and show you how much you can expect expect to receive. receive. All right, now we've covered a very vast area and we've really only scratched at the surface. If people would like more information, uh, Anne, uh, what should they do? Yeah, so if you'd like more information about any of those issues I covered or, you know, to go into detail to how it applies to your particular situation, the best thing would be to contact your local citizens information centre. So what we would do then, we'll discuss your current circumstances with you and make you aware of how the various schemes apply to your personal circumstances. So, you know, we can discuss your situation and look at the options. So, and hopefully at the end of the day, we, you, you'll be in a position then to decide which is the best option for you. But um, so, so I really suggest people maybe contact us. They can ring the Bantry office for West Cork on 0818078390 or the Mallow office on 0818078000. And just give us a ring and we will, you know, we'll go through the options in more detail with you um, because everybody's circumstances are slightly different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And of course, the citizensinformation.ie uh, is another great uh, resource. As always, Anne, a pleasure. Thank you for that. And we'll chat again. Thank you, Patricia. Thanks a million. That Thank is Anne O'Donovan, Development Manager uh, working out of the Bantry Office of Citizens Information Centre. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. I know I was reading, I think it was the Irish Independent this morning, there's a report out uh, about uh, NCT and how the NCT Centre, they're recruiting staff from the Philippines in an attempt to try to relieve uh, the backlog that has reached seven months in some parts of the country and they actually uh, list out where you're most likely to pass your NCT and where you're most likely uh, to fail on it. Actually, we don't do too badly here in Cork because making the top 10, um, the highest places for pass rates are Cork Blarney are in sixth, the Cork Blarney Centre in sixth place and Cork Little Island was in ninth place. In Blarney you've uh, just over a 59% chance of passing your NCT uh, the Little Island one you're just under 59% Charleville 58% ch- chance of passing Yall a 56% chance McCroom a 55% chance and Skibbereen a 51% chance so we're kind of around in the middle the best place to pass the highest pass rate is in Dean's Grange in Dublin a 62% pass rate there and Derry Beg. I'm unsure where Derry Beg is but there's only a 40% pass rate uh, there but of course a lot of people are de- frantically trying to get NCT tests that's prompted Joseph in Newmarket to say I applied this morning for my NCT I was half afraid as I was going online with all the negativity I'm hearing about how long people are waiting I ended up getting an appointment for the 26th of January and next I did it online and I had absolutely no uh, problem yeah you if you if you stick with it you can be extremely lucky when you
you log on, uh, Joseph, that there just happens to be appointments available for others, though we're hearing in some of the test centres, if you're applying today, you'll get a test date for next August. 0818103103. Still getting in a lot of commentary about the late Paddy Palmer, just to bring you some more of them. This is a lovely one in from... West Cork Councillor Declan Hurley to say, Patricia, as we all publicly mourn the sad and untimely death of our beloved Paddy Palmer, I just want to add to your programme uh, today of the unanimous sadness, warmth and love spoken and expressed towards Paddy and his family at today's Cork County Council meeting in County Hall. Rest in peace and thank you, Paddy. And indeed, thank you, Declan, uh, for sharing that with us. And Catherine in Dunmanway says, firstly, condolences to Paddy's wife and family and indeed everybody at C103. My late mother had no interest in sport whatsoever and she used to call John Green and Paddy Palmer, them two fools laughing at themselves every Monday afternoon. And But as sure as night follows day, when they came on the radio at 12.30 every Monday, she made sure that she had her radio you on in the kitchen while I watched her she'd be smiling away with them thank you Paddy for all of the fun May you rest in peace. Thank you for sharing that with us. That's Catherine in Dunmanway and Eddie Goggin, editor of the Opinion magazine in West Cork has contacted us. He also wants to remember Paddy. Uh, good afternoon to you Eddie. Yeah, good afternoon Patricia. Such, such sad news isn't it, the passing of our Paddy? Devastating, absolutely. Like yourselves, um, we did long and very close association with him for, for 12 years, 13 years actually, you know. He joined us in uh, 2010 uh, in January and uh, uh, as our GA columnist. And um, it took him a bit of time to make up his mind because I suppose I, I was there two years trying to cajole him and convince him to take up the pen. But I think deep down, Paddy was aware that his main talent was his voice and he was able to bring so much energy, enthusiasm and vitality uh, to his listeners on C103 and 96 FM. And uh, whereas the printed world was a tamer affair, you know. Yeah. But he, and, but he had a great gift. His his written pieces were excellent. They were all very good. And he, 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 had, a, he had a kind of a knack of, of actually writing the same way as he spoke. Yeah. And at times that wasn't always <laughs> relevant. Uh, you know, he, he could say about you know, and the, the, the winning score was scored by, um, by the man whose father came from reading the screen and type of thing. And you you weren't aware of who this man from reading the screen was. You know, he, he was like a fella in the commentary box at times, and it was the last contribution every month to come into me. And because we had to give him the Monday, and our deadline is five o'clock Monday when it goes to the printer. Yeah. And um, it was the one that I always had the most challenging uh, task <laughs> to edit because and there was many times I cursed the devil even though I loved him dearly because he he needs a bit of editing at times if he went around the country with, with, with stories, you know. But a lovable character. We were stone mad about him. Uh, I'm so sorry for and he was simply to collect Claire and Emily and Lucas and, and condolences to see one or three as well. I know how close he was with G and 
Yeah, it's, it's part it's, of your lives, you know. It's just, it's, you know, it, and, and listening back to um, some of the commentary that we played out, and when I was in the office with John Paul this morning before we came on air and we were, you know, playing out, deciding what pieces we were going to play, um, and he was just so full of life during those uh, commentaries. I mean, there was times where I would be listening at home to Paulie doing a commentary thinking... The man is going to take a heart attack. You just, yeah. you would, and, yeah. and then, and then I was also in my mind's eye, picturing Michael Scanlon beside him, trying yeah. to calm him down, yeah. and, yeah. and, and poor Michael, hoping that he wouldn't say something yeah. that would land us all up in the high court. He never did. He came close yeah. a few times. He came close a few times. Yeah. But oh, his, yes. his knowledge of yeah. the world of sport was incredible. It was, and he, he, he as somebody said earlier in the program. He never walked in the door, you know. Uh, he, he, I think it was the St. Paul. He, he, he ran in to the office. And even when he was off the air and, and not on the microphone, I used to stop and say to the girls in the office here, look, party, I'm afraid of my life, I'm going to have to think. Because he never stopped, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know of any person, and I older than you, I don't know of any person that I've ever met that gave more of himself to the public. And I don't know any person who endeared himself as much to the public as Paddy did, because there was no holding back. Like, he was in MC for a fundraiser one week. He was a model in a fashion show another week. He was launching the Inishana Steel Rally. He was just everywhere, gave himself body and soul and I often wonder how patients Colette and the family must have been yeah. Yeah. have, you know. Yeah. Then, then the and then do just his life, you know. Yeah, that's a really valid point. And, and somebody actually earlier, I thought, in a lovely text said to say thank you to the family for giving him to us. Absolutely. For, for all of those, those years. Because he gave 110% of himself and, and did so with great kindness and generosity, you know. It was always party the giver, you know. He gave, he gave, 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 and it's so tragic and so shocking and sad to see the way that he died after going through the illness a few years ago and having overtaken that challenge, and then the extra pressures he felt with COVID, that he also had to take extra measures to stay safe after what he went through, and then to think that he finished up the yeah, way, the way he did. I know, I know. It's, it's just the sadness is that, and it's just I, I don't think I've ever in all of my times doing this programme have I ever seen such an outpouring of, no. of love for, yeah. for somebody and like, yeah. like and, and I said it earlier and I know others have said it I never heard anyone say a bad word about about party. You, you couldn't. And, yeah, and anywhere anywhere I went around the country, particularly in radio circles, if I mention where you work in C103, someone inevitably would say, oh, you yeah. work with the, the bowed party Palmer was how yeah. <laughs> I was once said. And only only a couple of months ago, um, I think it was October of last year, I was doing an, an event up at County Hall um, for Gillian Coughlin, the, the county mayor, oh, and, yes, right. and Marty Morrissey. Uh, Marty, I was emceeing with uh, Marty Morrissey and Donnick O'Callaghan. And when Marty Morrissey heard where I was working, Marty Morrissey straight away said, oh, you would see one of three, and straight away was talking about Paddy Palmer. And, you know, so he was known the length and breadth of, of the country. 
He was, absolutely. And he knew everything because we brought him on board as an adjudicator on our adjudicating panel for the Opinion Awards, which are the response by Ben and Co-op. And um, he was a minefield of information, you know. If he wanted to be given the Hall of Fame Award or the Person of the Year, but he, he, he just knew, go down to Union Hall, down to Goleen, he knew everybody. And uh, he, like the amount of information that's gone from us yeah. and gone from the world of sport is, is absolutely shocking, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, Michael Scanlon as well, do you know, when I made the point about how effortless his commentary sounded, nobody yes. saw the work that he put in behind the scenes, no, but he no. was a memory man for sure. He, he really, he really was. And yeah. somebody wants us to give mention to two photographers who worked closely with Paddy over the years. The slagging between them was unbelievable when it came to the photographs. Yeah. And that's George Maguire and Martin Walsh, uh, who Paddy had great time for. So uh, glad to give them a mention. Yeah, All right. Who was? Uh, Paddy Feeney and Clannie Kilty. Yeah, yeah. Worked close to him as well as matches and many more like Dennis Boyle and Donny Hurley. They, they, they worked very close for different events through the sport events. Yeah. But, um, There's uh, many yeah. people left heartbroken. Many, yeah, many people. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. OK, but once again, our thoughts are with uh, Colette, uh, Emily, uh, Claire and, and Lucas uh, and the course. rest of the family. Uh, absolutely, yes. They're the real... sad, sad time for them. Yeah, yes, they're, they're the real losers. Listen, I appreciate you um, chatting with us, Eddie. Thank you for that. Look after yourself. Thanks, Patricia. God, God bless. God bless. Thank that you. is uh, Eddie Goggin, editor of the Opinion magazine uh, in West Cork, remembering Paddy Palmer and Paddy's involvement with the print press uh, as well. It wasn't just with us here on uh, radio. 0818 103 103. John Paul's taking your calls. You can text our WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing, community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie. And can I wish the best of luck to everybody involved in the Cullinan District Special Needs Association, their annual sponsored weigh in. That starts tonight at 8 o'clock in Cullen Community Centre and it will continue until Monday the 13th of March. All are welcome. And bingo resumes in Butman GAA Hall tonight, 8 o'clock start. They have a jackpot of €3,250 and all are welcome. And staying on bingo, there'll be bingo in Shambally Moor Community Hall tomorrow night, Tuesday at 8 with a jackpot of 3000 550 euro and Fremont Makra will hold a tractor run next Sunday it's in aid of Laura Lynn registration will open between half past 11 and half past 12 in Lismire GAA Hall Uh, entry fee is 20 euro the contact if you'd like more information is Neve on 089 Four three zero five five zero eight. Court today on C one o three with Corrigan Insurances McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. Cmig.ie. Get your plant-based favorites from the biggest names. Order delicious meat-free options from Milano, McDonald's, and Subway on Just Eat. As a lifestyle guru, people seek my guidance if something's not working. It's gotten really bad between us lately. I see. It was all off, then on, then all off again. Ooh. Can I get a refund if my streaming service keeps stopping and starting? 
A lifestyle guru can't advise you when your digital content service isn't up to speed. But the CCPC can tell you all about your new, stronger consumer rights. Get the facts at ccpc.ie forward slash my rights from the Competition and Consumer Protection Commission. Dairy farmers, waste not, want not. Collect free waste energy from your refrigeration cooling unit when milk cooling and convert it to heat water 50 degrees plus with the new innovative EcoVolt H20 air heat pump. This low carbon efficient water unit is A plus rated, reduces your carbon footprint and helps you save up to 60% off your water heating costs. For more information, contact Joe at CareChem Supplies Limited today on 029 50176. C103. Warming up your home this winter with new season curtains and bedding. View in store at Turner's Cross Retail Park or at harrycarry.com. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. And our first nutritional slot of the new year is coming up in a couple of minutes. So if you've got questions for Annalise Drissel of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancholic, you can get them in. John Paul is taking the calls 0818-103-103 and texts and WhatsApps are also available to 0862-103-103. And the big question today when I'm going through the papers uh, is to do with nurses and should nurses go on strike and if nurses decide to go down that route because we know that there has already been strike action and there's further strike action uh, expected the week after next in England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland and many are saying that the Irish nurses are going to follow suit but if strike action does go ahead looking at the current uh, situation now I know there was a bit of a reprieve over the weekend and there was that we see, we saw certainly saw an increase in the number of people discharged from hospital it went up certainly compared to I think over the weekend um uh, there was nearly a doubling of the number of people discharged this weekend as compared to the weekend before but already seeing today from the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation there are still 489 souls on trolleys waiting for admission uh, for a bed and the numbers come way down from what it was only last Tuesday when it went over the 900 mark but there is still too many patients close on uh, 500 and the number of patients discharged from hospital rose at, at the weekend and uh, that led to to a staff working extra shifts to try to tackle the overcrowding situation. Now, the HSC said more than 400 patients were discharged on Saturday alone, but you compare that to the week before when it was 278. Now, while that's all some good news, because if we can get patients that are ready for discharge out of the hospital beds and either to step down facilities or get them home, it frees up the bed for the people that are, in many cases, downstairs in the accident and emergency department. So while that was a little bit of good news at the weekend, the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation, they are now moving closer to the possibility of strike action in the face of this continued hospital overcrowding. The INMO will consult with its members this week. That's after the union held an emergency meeting on Friday last. Now they held it on Friday last and that was to do with the record number on trolleys all across last week. The Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation General Secretary is Phil Hay and she says nurses... uh, 
with, with the nurses are experiencing 11 assaults per day. And she said that's actually underreported. There's actually more assaults going on and nurses just don't even bother reporting it. She said we have a trade dispute with the employer, which is their inability to keep our members safe while they're at work. She said, we know there is an inability to act fast enough. Despite all of the issues being raised in the middle of the summer this year, both with the HSC and with the Department of Health, she said, we still have the same problem, which she says was entirely predictable. They were talking about it during the summer and God knows every single January we talk about problems with poor patients waiting on uh, trolleys uh, but yet this year is it's been taken to a completely different uh, level. Finley Hay said it's simply not good enough to expect staff to just put up with that and they're saying very clearly to us their trade union leaders it's not their intention to put up with it anymore. She says this will also affect the numbers of people who are working as nurses and midwives who will stay working in the Irish public health system and she foresees that being a huge problem. We already know that many of our young nurses and midwives are opting to go abroad and others are opting to come out of the public health service and maybe go into private practice instead because there simply is less stress levels and it's very understandable. If you can get the same pay or better pay and not have the same amount of stress, you can understand why people will decide to, no, I'm, I'm going to leave the public health service and where does that leave us? Finley Hay said it was simply not acceptable that the health service was overwhelmed every single winter. She said overcrowding results in unnecessary death deaths for patients. She added that consultation with members will now begin as soon as possible. She said we're not going to hang around. We'll be meeting members this week. We'll do it next week and we'll do it the week uh, after and with the way the mood of the nurses are at the moment, bearing in mind that only last week we spoke about how many nurses are absolutely burnt out and feel they can't keep going. So if they're feeling burnt out and the trade union come and says to them, you know, what do you want to do? It's very understandable and you can definitely see why a lot of nurses who maybe traditionally in the past would never have contemplated going out on strike. But if they're heading towards burnout and if they feel nothing has been done to help them and if this is a problem that happens year in, year out, they're going to, you, you can actually foresee, they're going to say enough is enough. And I know people will say, like we, we have it going on in England, Northern Ireland, Scotland and uh, Wales, even though there's in, in, in the UK, it does seem to be a a cost of living issue and it does seem to be a wages issue but certainly here in this country it doesn't seem to be do it doesn't seem to be a wage issue it simply seems to do with nurses are facing burnout and if they turn up for a shift so many of them are dreading going into a shift none of them seem to end their shift when it's meant to end because they feel they can't leave their other workmates down so they're staying on and they're working excessively long hours something is going to have to give but if they do and decide to go out on strike, what is that going to do for the current situation? Because, you know, while OK, a bit of reprise at, reprise at the weekend with extra people being discharged from hospital, but we still, as those figures show, and still nearly 500 people are on uh, trolleys. You know, 
what happens if the nurses decide to down tools in the coming weeks. 0818103103. Mary in Kildare says my heart goes out to all of the nurses and doctors having to do all these extra shifts to try and care for the sick, particularly the sick people on trolleys. They will just fall down with exhaustion as they are so dedicated to the work they are putting uh, in. They, they are putting their own health at risk. That's from Mary and Kildallery. And that's why we do. I mean, I know last week we spoke about the numbers. Was it 4.5 percent of I think our nurses and midwives were out on sick leave at the moment? And when you break, break down the figures, I think within the health service, like 100,000 work in the health service. It's about four and a half thousand uh, people were out on sick leave. And I did make that point. How much now some of that uh, will be out on sick leave because they'll pick up COVID while at work. The RSV, that dreadful chest infection that's doing the rounds are the common flu. Many would pick up that because if they're working with patients who have some of those highly infectious viruses, of course, they're going to pick it up. So you will get up people out sick with that. But you wonder if you could, you never would be able to, but it would be great to dig down into those uh, figures and actually ask the people that are out on sick, how many went out on sick leave from exhaustion or from complete burnout? I imagine a percentage of those that are out are out for that very reason. And Mary is right, they are putting their own health at risk. Thank you for your text to 0862 103 103. Let's take a break and we are back with nutritional advice from Annalise Drissel. Court today on C103 with Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. And just on uh, nurses and the possibility that nurses could go on strike and what's happening in our uh, hospitals in particular in our accident and emergency uh, department. Uh, a WhatsApp in saying, Patricia, when patients are triaged in the A&E department, could a suitably qualified member of staff not then assess the urgency of the patient at this stage if they're deemed to be non-urgent, for example, maybe they then at that point could be advised to go and consult with their own GPs are go to alternative medical clinics instead of sitting in an overcrowded areas blocking A&E for hours. Often sometimes patients just need a sort of a reassurance that would free up the work overworked staff in the ED department to focus their attention on the urgent cases who really are uh, waiting in the department inevitably cutting waiting times for desperate de- desperately ill patients. Yeah because I don't have the stats in front of me but I, I know I was reading statistics over Christmas of the number of people who go to an accident and emergency department and many of them will wait hours and hours uh, to be seen but it's only a small proportion get admitted to hospital so do we need to look at how patients are triaged so that they're not sitting on a hospital chair for 8, 10, up to 20 hours or whatever it is. Yeah, it's a valid point. Thank you for that to um, WhatsApping 086 103. Let's turn our attention to Nutritional Health and Annalise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in Ballincolic joining us for our first nutritional slot of 2023. Good afternoon to you, Annalise. And Good happy, afternoon. And Happy New Year to you. And to you, Patricia, and all the listeners as and, well. And you got on well over Christmas, you did? Lovely. Good. Fabulous. Good. And it's kind of good to be back into some kind of a routine isn't it? Um, certainly it is really Patricia I think like well I definitely think that Christmas is more of a holiday for um, children and men than it is for women I think there's a lot of work um, in around cooking and cleaning and eating um, for Christmas but I do think as well we're inclined to let ourselves slip a little bit and 
probably eat a lot of heavy food that we mightn't normally be eating and so we kind of tend to feel sluggish. So yeah, I think it is nice to kind of get back into a routine, start eating healthy and get back to normal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's get straight into uh, questions. Hi, Patricia. Could you please ask Annalise, what would she recommend for a teenager who suffers very badly from sinuses slash allergies? Okay, so, well, the big thing really is to try and identify the allergies, I suppose, Patricia. Um, like sinus would be, can, can be very much linked to allergies and it could be something that's in the environment or something that's in the diet. A lot of people um, that I have done tests for over the years, the food intolerance tests that have sinus problems, dairy shows up. It seems to be one that's very much linked with um, mucus production, post-nasal drip and sinus type issues. So it might be worth getting a food intolerance test done and cleaning up the diet. The gut houses about um, 70% of our immune system, which actually makes sense because that's where most of the challenges are coming in. Most of the bacteria that enter into our system are through food and water, etc. So our immune system in our gut um, is can be easily disrupted if it is having to start mounting a response or fighting a response to foods as if they were viruses and bacteria. And then the bacteria that are in our gut also play a big role in helping us identify which is friend and which is foe. So if your gut is healthy, it's much more likely that you will have less allergies. And they've linked actually in many, many studies, Patricia, um, antibiotic use to increase in asthma and allergies. So there's definitely a massive link with the gut. Getting it right is key. So I would suggest, one, identify any food intolerances. Two, support the gut with good probiotics and maybe a digestive enzyme as well, just to make sure the digestion is working well. And you can get very clever digestive enzymes. For example, there's ones that have got lactase in there if you feel you have a difficulty digesting lactose in milk. There's ones that have got some gluten digesting enzymes. There's ones if you eat a lot of meat. There's ones if you eat a lot of vegan foods. Um, like lentils and peas and beans if you struggle to break those down. So a good digestive enzyme. And then things that would be specifically for allergies are things that reduce histamine. And they would be things like stinging nettle is one, um, and quercetin would be another big one as well. Vitamin B5 being another vitamin very good. Quercetin is fantastic, actually, Patricia. It's such a good natural anti-inflammatory. We get it in apples and the skins of onions. So you can understand the old wives' tale, apple a day keeps the doctor away, because a probably quercetin has such massively anti-inflammatory and antihistamine properties. Okay, somebody wants to know, what would you recommend for mouth ulcers? The person recently changed toothpaste brand. I'm wondering, could that be the cause? Yeah, definitely. That's the first thing I suggest to people when they um, say that they suffer from recurrent mouth ulcers. Now, it will happen when you're tired and run down as well, so sometimes taking a tonic is important. But the most likely cause of it is actually an allergy to, I think, personally, and I, again, my own opinion, is the sodium lauryl sulfate that you find in toothpastes. It's used as a foaming agent. So switching to a natural toothpaste from the majority of my customers have cleared up ulcers. It's as simple as that. Also, brushing your... Um, teeth with a toothbrush that has been um, inoculated with colloidal silver is really good and a lot of your listeners probably will remember Mercurochrome Patricia when you used to fall they'd put it on and you'd have the big purple stain that was mercury which we now know is very very dangerous for your nervous system but silver has the same type of antibacterial properties so it's a great one for healing and for reducing things like gum disease in the mouth 
And colloidal silver is just very, very nanoparticles of silver suspended in a water element. So it's not going to be at levels that are going to be toxic. So you can use it directly, spray it on the mouth ulcers to relieve the pain and soreness. And then I also spray my toothbrush with it probably once a week and it just keeps your toothbrush bacteria free and also transfers it onto your own gums and I have had no gum disease to date. Well done, well done. Hi Annalise, when is the best time to take red yeast rice for cholesterol? I believe it's evening time but I just want that confirmed. I think with the main meal Patricia, so um, red rice yeast basically is uh, a natural alternative to statin and it will your body produces most of its cholesterol from fat. So most of your fat comes in your main meal. So you're most likely to produce cholesterol after your main meal or the meal with the most fat in it, if that could be your lunch instead. So taking your statin drug or the red rice yeast around that time will block your liver from producing cholesterol from those fats. Now, one thing to note, I just have noticed again, Patricia, this is just me drawing the dots and maybe not always correctly, um, I have noticed a lot of people who take their cholesterol drug late at night, it affects their sleeping patterns. So if you do find that it's affecting your sleeping patterns, take it earlier in the day. OK, just stay on cholesterol. Anne says, my cholesterol level is over eight. At the moment, my doctor is not opting to put me on medication. I'm wondering, is there anything that I can take to reduce it myself? I am 60 years of age. I don't have any other health problems. Eight is, that's high, isn't it, for cholesterol? It is. And again, now, it is definitely very high. Um, and regardless of how good the good cholesterol is there, the bad cholesterol is obviously going to be very bad too. So the good cholesterol is actually a protein that goes around the body. It's called HDL, high-density lipoprotein. And it patrols your body for old cholesterol, gathers it up, and returns it to the liver for detoxification and excretion. So if you've got good HDL, you're actually quite healthy. But the doctors like your LDL to be under three. So if your LDL is over three, it's important to get it down. And that's definitely the case here for the lady who's got um, cholesterol of eight. So in this case, I would suggest throwing everything at it to try and get it down. So you'd want to take a good strength omega-3 fish oil because that will bring down, that will bring up the HDL, the good cholesterol. And the second thing then is that red rice yeast that we were speaking about earlier. That's excellent for reducing cholesterol. And then the third thing are plant sterols. And these fool your body into thinking it's got enough cholesterol so your liver stops making it. So a good product that has both the red rice yeast and the plant sterols in there is the Cardio K. Our also higher nature, um, it's called red sterile complex. Either of those would be very good. So that and an omega-3 fish oil. Is the Cardio K available? Because that was in short supply last year. Yes, they were all, actually all the red rice yeast was taken off the shelf last year, Patricia, because the Irish medicine boards decided in their wisdom that we shouldn't be allowed to sell the um, the active component, which is the monocolon K, at 10 milligrams. And so the most we can sell at high dose now is 3 milligrams, which means some people need to take three times as much. But... Uh, Cardio K was reformulated to include the plant sterols to make up for that reduction. So for my customers, it still appears to be working very well in keeping cholesterol low. Okay, hi. Question for Annalise, please. I got sick over Christmas with a respiratory flu-like ailment. So did half the country. Anyway, I still can't face food. And certain things like tea, I actually have no taste for. I'm now eating little bits, but have an empty feeling in my stomach. I'm now craving salt and fizzy drinks. Any thoughts would be much appreciated. So whatever this respiratory flu-like, it's affected um, appetite. 
that does happen actually for quite a few viruses, Patricia. And I don't know the link again. Um, I think maybe it might be something to do with zinc. Zinc is a big um, immune booster and immune supporter, but it's also very important for smell and taste. And if our smell and taste isn't working well, that affects our appetite as well. Um, so I think what I normally suggest to people when they feel like this is to take um, a good quality uh, powdered supplement like the Terra Nova Life um, powder, which is a kind of a combination of a load of different superfood extracts, some protein, some omega-3, some probiotics, some digestive enzymes. And I've re- recommended this to loads of people with exactly those symptoms or who've come out of hospital and are ve- have lost a lot of weight, but their appetite is poor. And it's fantastic. You add a scoop in with a smoothie and into your smoothie, you could put like banana, you could put half an avocado, you could put berries in. So you're getting very, very high quality nutrients in a kind of a drink, which is much easier when your appetite is low. And then making nice, Warming soups is another way as well. If your digestion isn't working very well after being sick, it's nice and light and very warming and, again, nourishing. So you could make your own with, you know, carrots, parsnips, um, broccoli, celery, turnips, all the the vegetables that are in season and include a good chicken stock and a small bowl of that. And you could have that a good few times a day and your appetite will come back. You could also try a tonic like the Source of Life Gold, which is great for kind of just increasing everything um, nutrient-wise in your body in one kind of quick shot. Um, And there's a bit of ginseng in there that'll improve your energy. And there's plenty zinc in it as well to improve your appetite, sense of smell and sense of taste. We swear by the source of life gold here at the radio station, I have to say. And somebody else has sent me in a picture of Zero Call and described them as magic tablets for reducing cholesterol. Yeah, the Zero Call are a lovely product as well. These are the plant sterols. Um, and it's what we get in the flora proactives and the benicols. But you need about 1.6 grams, Patricia, of those plant sterols um, in order to start bringing your cholesterol down. And it can bring it down by as much as 17%, the studies have shown. Well. And that mightn't be enough for everybody. So the red rice yeast in that case is a great addition. And the zero call is the plant sterols. Um, and then you can get the red rice yeast on its own as well and combine the two. Okay, Morris has a friend of his who recently was diagnosed with helicobacter, even though the friend didn't have any symptoms. Morris is wondering what supplements should be taken to eradicate it or to prevent it from going any further. So I think they estimate at least 60 to 80% of the world's population have H. pylori living in the stomach. And it, the, the problem with it, Patricia, is that if you don't have good, strong stomach acid, the stomach acid will keep them well under control. But for some people, they might need to take um, an antacid tablets because they're getting reflux. And some people, as we get older anyway, your stomach acid weakens. So then those bacteria can actually start to multiply. They can affect the mucus-producing cells of the stomach. Then you start producing mucus and your stomach lining is exposed and that leads to ulcers. So that's the progression of Helicobacter pylori. But other symptoms would be bloating, nausea, acid reflux. So I think taking a good digestive enzyme with some stomach acid in there uh, is a good way of creating a proper environment in your stomach for digestion and will keep the, um, the H. pylori down. Some people as well, we've, we've worked with here in the shop that haven't had a benefit from the antibiotic treatment. We use mastic gum and that can help, particularly if you do have any inflammation. It's great for ulcers and for any type of exposed stomach lining. And then the zinc carnosine is a nice one if... Um, 
if you have any reflux, it helps to tighten up the little valve. But also, again, great for nourishing the mucus-producing cells. And if the mucus-producing cells are covering the stomach lining, you won't have any symptoms. So a combination of any and all of those would work. Okay, listener says, Hi, I wake every night with a burning pain in my stomach. Lots of burping too and hiccups. What could could it be? I'm wondering, could it be acid reflux? Sounds like it, absolutely. Um, They would be very common symptoms of acid reflux, particularly at night. Another thing as well, Patricia, I'd notice people coming into the shop with a kind of a dry cough and that's worse in the morning. That may not be coming from your chest. That could be acid reflux and you're not getting the burning symptoms. It's more silent. So the the typical symptoms would be nausea, um, coughing, burning feeling, bad taste in your mouth, coating on your tongue, sore throat. And the typical natural um, way to to work around that is to the zinc carnosin that I recommended earlier. It's zinc, Z-I-N-C, and then carnosin, C-A-R-N-O-Z-I-N. That's fantastic, and it works very, very quickly within a month to help reduce symptoms. And then slippery elm is something we also recommend. This helps to coat the whole stomach and the um, esophagus with a nice kind of thick layer of mucilage, and this protects it from the effect of acid because the long-term risk, of course, is that if the um, lining of the esophagus is being irritated by acid, it can cause the cells to become cancerous. It's called Barrett's esophagitis and uh, it increases your risk of of throat and um, esophageal cancer. So very important to keep that under control. Okay, thank you for that. Annalise, have a lovely week and we'll chat again next Monday. Thank you, Patricia. Thanks. And of course, Annalise will put up all of the information that we spoke about today on her website, healthhubstore.com, as heard on the radio. And John Paul will also put it up as a separate podcast, wherever you get your podcasts uh, from here on C103. That's where I leave you for today. My uh, thanks to John Paul McNamara for, for producing. And thank you for all your kind comments throughout the morning. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning at 10. Until then, I'm Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon. Nick Richards is next. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.